It's All Access with LMU softball head coach, Tariah Flowers. I'm your host, Jonathan Grace. Each week, Coach Flowers will take Lions behind the scenes with the LMU softball program, talk about her first year coaching the Lions, and upcoming events with the team. Coach, it's great to have you with us. Of course, my pleasure. LMU Athletics would like to thank University Credit Union for bringing you today's episode of All Access. University Credit Union is a proud supporter of the Lions family. You can visit your local University Credit Union at ucu.org. The Lions have been busy since our last podcast. They went up to Oregon to face the number three ranked Ducks. They came back to Smithfield to face Cal Baptist and took on the Mexican women's Olympic national team right here at LMU. And some big things happened for the Lions in those games. A moral victory in Oregon and a lot of successful hitting against Cal Baptist. Today, I sit down with head coach Tariah Flowers to talk about first home runs at LMU, what it takes to play an Olympic team, and momentum in the game of softball. All that and more on today's episode of All Access. So without further ado, here's my conversation with head coach Tariah Flowers. So a lot has happened since we last spoke, and let's start off talking about that Oregon series. So LMU fell 3-0 and overall, but showed a lot of resilience and adaptability in the series, especially in that Friday doubleheader, and I want to focus on that first. So in that first game, Oregon scored 14 runs, but you limited them to just three runs in the second game. What changed defensively for you guys between those two games? You know, anytime you face a top five ranked team in the nation, uh, you're going to run into some obstacles. Obviously, they've got some power, some pitching, some speed. And I think that we were just a little bit more prepared. We we got to see them in action in game one and, and got a little bit of our bearings. Um, but I think that our pitching figured out how we wanted to attack some of the hitters and just kind of settled in. And then we were able just to play more of our game. We weren't completely there, but we were more comfortable on, on, on the field in games two and three. Well, you mentioned the pitching, and I definitely want to talk about Marina Vidalich. She was the lone pitcher in game two. She threw 99 pitches in those six innings for five strikeouts. How important was her performance uh, in that game in adapting to the Ducks and limiting their offense? I thought she did a great job. We talked about it as a staff afterwards and even her teammates of just going at the hitters, not being afraid um, and just working her game. She threw some great pitches and hopefully, you know, gained some confidence coming out of that series and just seeing how she can attack some top hitters in the nation and gave her teammates confidence of, you know, we, we can do a lot with her in the circle and, and the other pitchers complimenting her and what we can do at the plate, um, some good things will happen for us. So you mentioned her good performance, obviously. How do you think that a pitcher's performance, specifically Marina's in this game, inspires the rest of the team, the rest of the defense, the rest of the offense to do well also? When someone's playing well, you don't want to let them down. And, you know, as they're connecting and they're seeing and they're seeing her just compete, basically, it, it makes everybody else want to elevate their game, too. So I think we do a great job as a team of playing off of each other. And so when someone has a good game, it, it makes everybody else step up. So you played two games on Friday. In that second game, we mentioned you limited them to just three runs. You know, how is it adapting to those really quick back-to-back doubleheader series? I, I Honestly, I think for our sport, you get kind of used to it, but it is. You, you have to have um, a short memory with the wins and the losses. I mean, you can't stay in that high moment on the wins, and you can't just – you don't have time to – pout or basically just live in the loss. So 
um, our, our girls have done a great job. Our players have done a great job of, of adapting, like you said, from, from game to game and pitch to pitch. And that's all we're asking of them. So let's move on to, to speaking about Cal Baptist. You guys swept Cal Baptist in a midweek two-game series at home, and you didn't allow a single run the whole time from the Lancers. The team had a combined 20 hits in those two games. So what did it take to be so prolific off the bats? You know, speaking to the players afterwards, we went through a little bit of a tough run, right? You know, playing a couple pack opponents, just a strong schedule. And um, I think they were just ready to to play and let loose. And luckily, everything kind of came together for us. And even if you look at the, the box scores, it still wasn't our best game, but we were able to string some hits together. And I think, you know, like I touched on before, we play off of each other. So as people started having longer at bats and seeing success and creating some momentum on offense, we just we all kind of jumped on that train. How important was it for this team to to have such a successful game against Cal Baptist? I think it's huge as we get ready to go into conference. Um, you know, just feeling good and remembering all the great things that we're able to do, what we're capable of, and you know, we had a tough schedule and. I think that was great for us of being challenged early, seeing what we can do, being being pushed to work on things, um, even when you maybe you know you're okay at them, but it, it forces you to really take a look at yourself in the mirror and, and where can each of us grow as coaches and as as players. So, like I, I said, it's nice having some momentum moving forward and a little bit of confidence too. How important is momentum in softball? I know I feel like a lot of sports describe themselves as either games of momentum or games of inches. Where would you place softball in in that spectrum? Oh, man. Honestly, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, we we talk to our players about you can do everything right at the plate. You can be on time. You can square it up and crush a ball, but hit it right at somebody. So, you know, it, it is. And you can miss hit it and have a terrible swing and it fall in. So it's just sometimes it's a little bit of chance. But that momentum piece um, is something that we're really working on as far as keeping. And, you know, it might get away from us at some point in a seven inning game and just the length uh, and kind of breaks in between each pitch. It's easy for it to slip away, but our goal is to keep it on our side as much as possible. And, um, you know, that's by being aggressive, swinging early in counts, taking the extra base on on a mistake by the other team that can really um, kind of ruffle some feathers in the other dugout. And and if you can take advantage of that, if you look at our Oregon, our last game, one inning, one inning, they gained some momentum and that was the difference maker. So, you know, it can be huge um, and it, not necessarily inches, but just a small half an inning can make the difference between a win and a loss. Well, you mentioned that last game in Oregon, and you're right. It was just kind of one inning where they were able to gain that momentum and, and put up a couple runs. Otherwise, the Lions had, had really held on to them the whole time and, like you said, showed a lot of adaptability through that series. You know, I know a lot of coaches will, will be the first to say there's no such thing as a moral victory, but, you know, how do you come away from a series like that and, and really pick out some of the good things that the team can be proud of? Yeah, again, you know, when you're as competitive as our coaching staff is and our players, it is hard to hang on to those, like you said, moral victories, but just understanding some of the hitters we face, what our pitchers were able to do, what our hitters were able to do. And, you know, maybe not necessarily all of us together, but um, 
breaking up the no-hitter or putting a run on the scoreboard or being able to move runners. We know we can do it. We've seen us do it against the best. So now it's just putting it all together. So moving back into that series against Cal Baptist, I want to talk about some specific players. Alyssa Daniel had her first home run of the season in game two. What does that first home run do for a player's confidence? Oh my gosh. I think it just, it elevates it so much. Uh, you know, if you would have seen her running around the bases, I, I she was a track star. I don't think she really took time to enjoy the home run trot, but um, she shows that at practice. She has that ability. She's got some great skills. So just kind of take being able to take that deep breath and know, okay, I've done it in a game. Now I can kind of relax and not press so much, I think will be huge for her moving into conference. Do you think sometimes it's just that little spark that a player needs to really start to ignite their offense or keep those home runs coming? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I was talking with um, Des Moreno on our, our, one of our fifth year seniors and she was telling me, she's like, I didn't even know I was really in a slump, but when you hear people or other people talk about it, it, you know, just one hit kind of can push you over the edge and all of a sudden you're back on fire again and, and, you know, our game is a game of failure. You know, you you fail seven out of 10 times, you can still be an All-American. So it's kind of crazy how our game works. And you just got to play that mental game with yourself. Another player I want to talk about is uh, Morgan DeBoard. She also had a really strong outing against the Lancers. She had three hits for two RBIs in game one and then the hit for a run in game two. Can you speak to some of the ways that she has kind of progressed as a player this season? I I can already see her really believing in herself as someone who is more of a short gamer and kind of slap game, um, watching her step into the box and be more aggressive in her swings and believing that she can come up with the RBI has been fun to watch. Um, obviously very talented, um, wasn't playing in a few games cause of, uh, an injury, but now she's back. And, uh, I think she's just, you're going to continue to see her just get better and better throughout the rest of the season. Well, she certainly has has been really consistent for this team. And as you said, kind of on that upward trajectory and very, very exciting to watch. So one of the big things that happened since we spoke last was Team Mexico came up to LMU uh, to face you guys. And boy, that that was an exciting couple games. We spoke last time about how this matchup kind of came to fruition. And before we get into the nitty gritty, I'd love to hear from you uh, on on what this game meant uh, to this team. What did it mean for, for the Lions to play such a high caliber ball club? I think that it's one of those once in a lifetime opportunities to be able to say you played an Olympic team. Uh, obviously their their roster isn't quite set, but majority of those those women are going to be in Tokyo um this summer. So it, it was kind of actually kind of funny cuz some of our girls just the way they were giggling and watching the the players on the other team, they grew up watching those guys on TV in in the college world series. So you know, a couple of them had to come up to me and said they were kind of fangirling a little bit. And I was so confused, but I, you kind of forget when you're constantly around those top players, you forget what kind of experience that is. So to me, that was uh, fun to watch just them being able to enjoy being at the softball field and being around some of their uh, role models. But then on top of it, you know, you are playing great competition, people who are more aware of their strengths and what they can accomplish on a softball field. You really have to be a little bit more strategic when you attack them. So 
seeing some of our pitchers come up with some big strikeouts coming at hitters, seeing them just a little bit more confident. And then the way that we communicated and just played the game was, um, I think, a little W for us. So what was it like for you to, to kind of coach on the other side of the coin? Obviously, you've had a lot of uh, experience and success playing on in the Olympic circuit, coaching on that side of things as well. What was it like from the other side now coaching in college? Um, You know, the international game and the college game, it, it's so similar, but it's so different. Um, So it was just kind of nice to see the two of them come together, but... Um, you know, listening to the other dugout and the types of things that they were talking about and how they were getting better and how they just navigate the game, it makes you appreciate the game. And then when I walk back to our dugout of appreciating the moment, I think was um, maybe a little bit more of the difference. You know, one, one, one team was out there to work on getting better and knew they weren't where they needed to be right now, which is kind of the case for both of them. But one was articulating that and the other one was this is great great day to be a lion and be out here on this field and just taking it day by day what was it like for the players too you mentioned that some of them were were kind of fangirling you know watching and, and competing against some of their heroes what was it like for them they said they loved it i mean honestly i i at times i'd be you know writing down in my charts and they're giggling in the dugout and i'd have to look up and wondering what was happening but they were just like, oh, I think that she just looked at me or she she did you see how she acted on that ball? And they were just even just the the minor mannerisms that or the routines that those players uh, were going through as they stepped in the box or how they approached a, a, a grounder or a fly ball. I think we were taking those things in. So um, being students of the game without really having to be super focused or um intense about it I think we learned a little bit more of how we want to approach so this was a really intense fast-paced quick doubleheader uh, you know we mentioned that you guys kind of got used to playing uh, you know the, these kind of doubleheaders and you have to at the college level but what did it take physically to play an Olympic team for 15 straight innings in a single day yeah um I think just the energy you know we, we talked to them about how exhausted the team should feel when you leave the field. Um, you should feel like you left everything out there. And I think that they did that. They they were able to enjoy the moment. They gave everything to the game and they gave everything to each other as far as communicating and cheering each other on and just enjoying it. So um, you could tell they were ready for the weekend break, but they left everything on the field. So we, we spoke about meaningful home runs already, but I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about TK's homer in that game as well. And boy, that was a, that was a bomb. And, you know, in her junior year, that was not only her first home run of the season, but that was her first one as a Lion. And she's consistently been a driving force on offense. But, you know, what did it mean for her to, to get that home run, especially against Team Mexico? I mean, I don't know what else to say, except she was so excited. And, you know, and when they announced it over the PA, I don't think I realized at the time that that was her first because I see her do it every day in practice. I've seen her clear the the netting and hit it onto the tennis court. So for her to do it in, in the game, I think it just it has opened the floodgates. I think you're going to see her go to another level, too. But she's starting to believe, you know, because she's seeing herself do it. But then now she's done it against good competition. 
I mean, we we've mentioned her consistency behind the plate. She's she's kind of pretty much always in that that starting lineup and really puts up some big hits for you guys. But um, like you said, do you think this is just kind of the spark that she needs to to get that rolling? Now you said she's she's done it a bunch in practice. Is it kind of just the last thing she needs to start to do it more in the games? I hope so. <laughs> for all of them, I think everybody's um, just has a p- positive mindset going into conference, and they know that. All of this was just, you know, money in the bank. We're just building and building and getting ready to take on our conference opponents. And um, everybody's in in a good place. And I think that we're uh, starting to play good softball, starting to see the ball well, but just everything clicking as a team. So um, I I, like you said, I like that we're starting to see ourselves do it in game. And I think we're just going to keep rolling from there. So I want to talk about base running for, for just a moment. You mentioned it earlier in the podcast, but LMU has played with a lot of aggression and confidence, um, and we saw that really on display against against the Mexican national team. You guys stole four bases over the two games. Uh, Martinez stole one in each game. Molly Grumbo and Alyssa Daniel each got one in game two. And the team overall has had 27 successful stolen base attempts and only missed out on four occasions. That's amazing. Has this aggressive style of base running really been a focus for you in implementing that with the team this season? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think some of them were a little surprised that we wanted to be that aggressive and kind of surprised that they are able to do it. And I think they just needed someone to push them and tell them, hey, it's going to work out. Don't worry. It's okay to be a little bit more on the aggressive side. And I think with everything in our game, that's been more of our mentality of make us hold you back. You guys just go full throttle and then we'll see what happens. But good things will happen if you put yourself out there. Um, we just got to take some chances. So luckily, um, you know, we've guessed right on a few occasions and we, we've stolen a few bases, but hopefully lots, lots more to come. Well, I would say more more than a few occasions for sure, but you know, and and more aggressive base running and stolen bases are always really exciting for fans to watch too. Is that a more exciting style of play for you as well? Yes, I think just making things happen. We have so many tools on our team, so you know, just to sit and wait for someone to hit the ball over the fence or or to have to get an extra base hit, we can put the ball in play so many different ways and score because we do have some speed and power and, and can hit for average. So, um, you know, we're going to do whatever it takes to just outscore the other team. It was really neat to see too, as we said, four stolen bases against an Olympic team. That's, that is confidence right there is, you know, coming into this game, even though these, these players were kind of, you know, looking at some of their heroes. And as you said, fangirling for a moment, you know, it didn't seem to take away any of the confidence in their play. Yeah. I think, you know, it's a little bit easier when there's, um, for lack of a better term, but just nothing on the line. You can just lay everything out there. And they did that. And I think that, you know, when we first started implementing being more aggressive on balls and dirt or trying to steal, they were kind of passive. And now that they're seeing the payoff, I think now I've got a. It, it's been kind of cool because some of them are asking me like, hey, if I get on first, like I want to go. I said, perfect. Let's look. You got to look for the sign and, and we'll take advantage. So um, I love that they're trying to push even more. And how much of that aggression comes from the coaching staff on your side and giving the signals and how much comes from the players and just wanting to go and wanting to get that extra base if they can? I think we have to be on the same page because, you know, I can give a sign and if they miss it and they're not looking for it, we're not going to take advantage. So if if someone's on first or second and they're looking for it, they're going to get a great jump and we'll see the, the payoff at the end. 
So looking kind of more broadly at the the two game series against the Mexican national team, what are some of the big takeaways that you guys have taken away from from this series? I think just the game is the game. Keep it simple. You know, we you can't do too much. You can't score six runs with one swing. You know, it's just it's 60 feet and turn left. And no matter who's in the other dugout, you got to just play your best game. So before we let you go, we have to talk about conference play. You know, conference play is right around the corner. You guys will face Santa Clara on Saturday and a doubleheader to begin that three-game series. So the last full season for this LMU team was in 2019, where they played 61 games. And this season, we'll only see the team playing 44 regular season matchups. And again, that's not including any postseason play. In a condensed season like this, how important is maximizing results in conference play? It's really important, um, you know, and obviously we're not trying to make anything bigger than what it has to be, but I think everybody knows, you know, conference now is how we're going to make postseason. So it's just play our game. It's one game at a time. We can't look for BYU or Pacific or San Diego. It's Santa Clara. This is the one. And, you know, it gets tough when you're playing a doubleheader of wondering what's going to happen the next game. Who's going to throw the next game? What's going to happen? Nah, you got to stay in the moment. So, you know, right now we're focused on game one of Santa Clara and then we'll take it from there. But it's um, I think we're in a good place to to start off and, and try and create some momentum for the rest of conference. So we spoke about this last time in the podcast, but you mentioned that when you had come into this administration, Molly Grumbo came up to you and said, coach, this is the team that's going to win a conference championship. Are those expectations kind of in the back of the minds of these players headed into the Santa Clara game? I think so. You know, we, we, I try to have sit downs with the players and just see how they're doing and what's going on. And every one of them so far has just talked about, we can't wait for conference. We know this is where it is and we feel really good going into this weekend and we're in a good spot. So I think that they're not putting any added pressure on themselves, hopefully, and just know that, Hey, we're prepared. We've been tested We've seen some uh, good results, and now it's just time to put it all together. Are there any expectations that you hold as a coach for this team headed into conference play? I'm I'm always about dominate. It's not just you know don't compete with that other uniform in the other dugout. We're we're trying to be our best every single day. So um, you know if if we can score twenty, we're going to score twenty every single game. That's that's the goal. Well, we've seen this LMU team run rule a couple opponents this season and uh, put up some huge numbers as well against some some really big opponents. And, you know, you know, despite the losses on the record to Team Mexico, again, there were a ton of things to really be proud of. Obviously, some home runs, some great stolen bases, some amazing pitching as well. How do you guys go about carrying that momentum into a game that's going to count on the record? Um, You know, I just... <laughs> Again, I think it's just keep it simple. I mean, we, we've, like you said, we, we've got um, half our season. Majority of our season is under our belt. So nothing's, nothing's changing. It's see the ball as well as you can at the plate. Make plays. Play catch. You know, there, you don't have to do anything too much. What we're capable of, what each individual is capable of, that's what we need everybody to bring each day. And, and if we can just be ourselves and, and be consistent, good things are going to happen. Well, Coach, we really appreciate it, and we can't wait to see you guys go out there and mix it up against Santa Clara. Thanks so much. Before we sign off, we'd like to say a huge thank you to everyone behind the scenes who makes this podcast possible. Thank you to the LMU softball program and to head coach Tariah Flowers for allowing us to bring you this podcast each week. 
Our KXLU station manager is Lydia Amaso, and our executive producer is Nick Bristol. If you want to stay up to date with all things LMU softball, you can follow at LMU Lions SB on Instagram and Twitter to see what the Lions are up to this season. You can also get an exclusive look into the LMU softball program by listening in right here on 88.9 FM KXLU each Tuesday at 6 p.m. or on LMULions.com slash podcasts to relive each episode anytime. And Lions, thank you for joining us for All Access with Tariah Flowers. Join us next week as Coach Flowers continues to take you behind the scenes with the LMU softball program. I've been your host, Jonathan Grace. Until next time, have a great week and go Lions.